Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Thursday. John Von Tobel is hanging out at Silver 7's. John, how you doing, buddy? Uh, good. The energy is palpable. You can cut through it with the knife. Absolutely fantastic. For those who are listening, I've got shirts, I've got prizes, and I've just got, you know, general happiness over here. So why don't you come <laughs> on down? That's good. That's good. Adam Hill is here. Say hi, John. What's up, Adam? What's up? How are you doing? I'm we actually said, te- I'm texting you back from 5 a.m. I was going to say, <laughs> we, we could have said hi earlier this morning, but you're a busy person. You, you texted me at 5 a.m. And early bird six, gets the worm, yeah, man. It was six here. You were up. Yeah, I was you, up. You got up like ten minutes later. That's true. Actually, actually, yeah. this might this went off no, right no, about actually, the same time yeah, as the I alarm. Think, yeah, I think uh, I think I was up today at like five forty-five, and uh, I, you know, we're sharing an apartment here in Phoenix for for a night. We did. We checked out, but it was it was very lovely, and uh, yeah, we both got up early and got down here. I just wonder, Adam, does the process go? You read it and you go, I'll get back to it later, and then you never do, or. No, no. No, no, no. Well, yes, usually. Uh, in this case, it's actually because the uh, it's a sore subject that you uh, okay. that you entered into, which we- is weird because the question is very obscure and vague. But, like, it's a very complicated issue, so I'm actually responding to you. And it's also, it sounds very, I don't wait, because it's very cryptic for our audience. I was asking about applying for credentials to a certain event, so that's all it was. Yeah. And you wouldn't think that'd be controversial, but it actually is. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I won't dig. I always get yelled at if I dig too much. So today's pretty crazy. We uh, got a bunch of great guests lined up here on Radio Row. It's brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas and Spearmint Rhino. A lot of NFL legends walking through. Some people who are not, you know, true sports people. We got them booked. Those are the those are probably the ones that Adam and I are most sure. fired up about. But the crazy thing is, John, for the third time in four days here at Radio Row, we're going to start out. With some NBA. The NBA has stolen the headlines because of trade deadline day, but there was a freaking blockbuster. It's funny. Um, Adam and I were driving over to the convention center where they're set up, and he's like, uh, what do you think of the big trade? And I'm like, what are we talking about? He's like, Kevin Durant. I'm like, he got traded? Because it came down at what time? Adam, like three? Something like that. Two? Two thirty? Okay. All right, John. I- you you, you, you uh, kind of hinted at this last week. If Kyrie went, they might... The Nets might tear the whole freaking thing down, and uh, they sure did. Can, can I ask you real quick? Because I, I say the NBA is kind of stolen the headlines. Is it actually a topic over there in Arizona? Are people oh, actually? Yeah. You guys are on Radio Row, so are they actually being discussed? The NBA. Well, it's also Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah, that's a really good we, point. And yep. think, think about it this week. We have Dallas, the ticket, in front of us. Yep. So they were all Kyrie. I mean, that show was. Well, there was three shows. A lot of Kyrie, and, and like Adam said, it's Phoenix. So. Um, I'm I'm kind of surprised that it can happen, like only because Steve, like you said, I, I hinted at it that maybe they would go like hit big red button as I have said and and ship everybody off, but all the indications in the days before were that they were trying the Brooklyn Nets to buy. Uh, there were apparently conversations between them and Toronto that would they would go get Pascal Siakam for some sort of a package. That the, every indication coming out of your favorite team was the fact that they were not going to give up on this whole entire thing. So I would assume that in the hours after those reports came out, that there was something made clear by Kevin Durant that maybe he didn't want to stick around. Uh, Phoenix was one of his preferred destinations, if not the preferred destination. So it seems like Brooklyn was like, you know what, screw it. 
why don't we just try to acquire assets now? Are our cupboards really bare after what we did to put the big three together, which, by the way, they only played for, I think it's a total of 16 games. What, a, <laughs> what an experiment. Um, we need to get assets. We need to kind of get this thing back while remaining like pseudo-competitive, and I think they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, and if you – listen, if you have Ben Simmons, that's the guy you build around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to pile on the guy because, you know, he's – I don't know if he's gone through some stuff, but he's gone through some things uh, when it comes to his NBA career. But, like, they're, they're not devoid of talent, right? That's the most important part, Adam, is they have assets that ne- – is there one player that they're necessarily building around going forward? No. Ben, ben Simmons. But do they have a whole bunch of guys who in the summer and next trade deadline are going to be really attractive to a lot of play, like teams who need a 3-and-D type piece or another? I would say absolutely yes. And we should run down. It's not that they just, you know, that they – it's not that it's just Kevin Durant for nothing. They they did get some, you know, some good things in return. Uh, they got a, I think, 2048 first-round pick, uh, 2072. <laughs> No, it's what, 23, 25, 27, 29? And a pick swap. Don't forget about that. Sure. So, again, look, again, so we all think about these things like, like, oh, like, what do you need all those picks for? You have to think about it from the prism of, like, where the Suns will be here in the next, like, three, four years. Right, Chris Suck. Paul? Right, like, Chris Paul's aging. Devin Booker's young, and maybe him and Kevin Durant have a copacetic relationship, and they go together, and they're going to be awesome for the next four years. Or maybe you're just at a point where, like, you know what? Like they're not going to be that big. They're not going to be that good, especially when you move down the line with some of those picks. So I love this. I love this for the Nets. It's robbery. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's robbery, but I think you're in a pretty good spot. Where where this thing was heading to where you're at now, I thought Brooklyn did the best that they could with everything. Beautiful. They screwed the Lakers, stuck it to the Lakers, and now they get a bunch of picks and and decent young players back. This but, is this is awesome. While you're on that, John, I heard that a lot this week, and obviously you follow the NBA much closer than I do, and more than any human should. Um, why Why is that a constant theme this week of all the teams? Like, it sounds like the Clippers tried to do it uh, with Kyrie. Uh, it sounds like, you know, Dallas eventually did do it. It sounds like the Suns were doing it. Blocking the Lakers. Like, who cares about the Lakers? Well, if you're the Clippers, it's the, I think there is, like, a rivalry there. So they do want to screw them over. Right, but let them – you're not going to win a title. Like, let them acquire whatever they want and sacrifice their future. Yeah, uh, I – I mean, I can. I think I understand. Like, I get your point. Why would you do it? I get it more from the Clippers' perspective of why they would want to screw them over. But I also think if you read some reports, like the one that sticks out to me, Adam, there was a report that, like, you're you're um, alluding to, right? That the Clippers got into the Kyrie sweepstakes to screw the Lakers, but they only did it like they were never serious contenders. They just wanted to drive the price up on Kyrie so that the Lakers would have to give up more. Um, so maybe that's it. Like, they never really spent assets, so it, maybe it's just like a risk-free type of proposition. Um, unless there's like a point where the Nets are like, we'll take it, right? And then you're like, ooh, no, no, no. Like we didn't, we didn't really want that deal. So they're they're Cofield in an auction draft where he ends up trying to do that to every player and then just gets stuck with a bunch of players that he doesn't want. I mean, essentially, except good thing that they didn't get stuck with a the player they didn't want. Yeah, true. Suns for the title now? Should I bet it? Uh, I would say absolutely not. Well, I so the, I obviously missed the boat. It would have been nice to have a snitch on this. On Friday they were twenty to one. Today they are plus four twenty five. Oh boy, like, I can't do that. Well, and here's the thing. So to to give people like some insight into that, they are now the second most likely team according to the betting odds to win an NBA Finals. They have they are more likely to win than like the Milwaukee Bucks, who by the way, when the Bucks are fully healthy after they got Jay Crowder, are going to be sick. They're going to be really good. So and. The other part of this is, while Phoenix is great on top, their starting five is going to be awesome, or like three of their starting five. 
Who's coming off their bench? Can you tell me one Suns player that is coming off of this bench? Damian Lee, campaign. Like, that's not a bench that's winning you a lot of championships. So I would say, Steve, like the odds, uh, a little bit of an overreaction by the betting market. I, I, for one, will not stand for campaign slander. He's a good player. He shouldn't be your best bench piece by a mile, especially if he's healthy because he's not right now. Do you think that Shams got the trade done to screw over Pat Beverly? That was pretty good. (laughs) For those that didn't see the story, apparently Pat Beverly took a shot last night, and then all of a sudden Shams got the tweet out, oh, yeah, by the way, Pat Bev traded. Well, that and it was after he posted a picture of him and and D'Angelo Russell when they were Timberwolves saying crew is back together or something like that, and then 17 hours later he was traded. JVT's over at Silver 7. Stop on by. He's got a bunch of tickets, and it's always a good day to stop by Flamingo in Paradise with Silver 7s and JVT on the scene. Cofield and Adam here on Radio Row in Las Vegas. we got a good one lined up coming on the way back. Andrew Zimmern, who I'm a really big fan of, does one uh, many of the popular food shows. Bizarre Foods was one of his biggest ones. Well, he's involved with Taste of the NFL here in Phoenix. He's going to be involved in next year's event. Andrew Zimmern on the way back. I'm, I, you know how I get it. We, we get Typher on. I act like a freaking down. goof. Take a breath. We get my heroes of TV, and I act like a complete idiot. Cofield and Company live on Radio Row is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas at the 215 and Rainbow. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. Back here on ESPN Las Vegas. So, like, I'm fired up to talk to football players, but this guy, Andrew Zimmer, <laughs> now I'm telling you, we, we got to meet, you know, special people, and I can tell here, like, you are a celebrity. People know who you are. We, yeah, you're like the mayor of Radio Row. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something, the, the, the greatest compliments, the second time he said it to me, Joe Montana you know, is standing there. I said, hey, Joe. And he's like, oh, my God, there's my favorite food guy. And I'm like, and he goes, I still watch you when I'm working out in the morning on the bike. And he had said that to me when I met him at the New York Super Bowl uh, six, seven years ago. And, you know, growing up, I mean, he was the guy. Yes. I mean, there yes. was, and he's still my, if you held a gun to favorite football player of all time, I just assume watch Joe Montana play than anyone. And, you know, maybe it's generational, maybe it's my age, but, you know, he is just, the, the fact that he watches me while he works still leaves me a little shaky. Yeah. I mean, it's strange, but, uh, you know, athletes, you know, want to be chefs. Chefs want to be athletes. There's the, They're all watching lifestyle TV in the clubhouse, in the practice facility, in the hotel room. Um, and they like food shows. I'm lucky. I've been on TV for 20 years making food shows. So, Is he the most famous person who's recognized you, wanted to talk to you, or is there someone beyond him where you're like, oh, my God, that person watches and knows me? It, it's, it's, a, it's a little crazy, um, but uh, when I the, the first time that I went to, uh, second time I went to the White House uh, and cooked there was during the Obama administration. And the show was a favorite of uh, the Obama girls. And the president, the first lady, knew who I was. And that that freaked me out. I, I cooked, <laughs> I cooked for, at, at the White House during the second Bush administration and, and, and have done events uh, with, uh, with 
ex-president Bo- President Bush, uh, just did one in Kiowa Island, and he's a funny, good guy, and he remembered me, but he didn't know who I was when I was there cooking the White House. When the first lady in the president, I don't care who it is, right. what party you're feeling, that, that's the president of the United States is like, oh yeah, we don't, yeah, that's great, we love, I, 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 I it's, it's shaky. Funny, it's interesting though, it's also flipped on its, on its ear. Making international television, when I was in Nicaragua, we were doing a show, and, and President Ortega, um, who was a revolutionary, we have to remember. Many have called him a dictator. Some call him, you know, an authoritarian, an autocrat. I mean, he's been labeled everything, a freedom fighter um, over the course of his 27, 30 years in power. Um, and he wanted to meet me and helicoptered uh, my producer and I up to his private residence uh, in an army helicopter. And then the next day as a gift, I got to throw out a ball at the Nicaraguan, their World Series, their national uh, championship game. And and you just gotta pinch yourself. at that point, I decided I wanted to do a show called Dinner with a Dictator. It didn't sell, <laughs> but I thought it was still the best show I thought of that I never remember. I mean, wouldn't it, you'd watch that. Yes. Absolutely. Did you throw a strike? Yep. That uh, was my question. I did. Okay. Yes. I, I, lucky, yes. I was important. lucky enough that I've thrown a bunch of first balls. The first time I ever did it, coming off the mound, people don't understand. You're coming off a hill that's 18 inches high. I plunked it right into the ground in front of home plate, and that's never happened again. Yep. Well, you remember the uh, you know 2001, the Yankees World Series was going on, and 9/11 had just happened. And, That's right. You know, George Bush. Yep. Asked Derek Jeter like, yeah. for some advice. He's like, "You better throw a strike because this right. crowd will boo the hell out of you." <laughs> That's exactly like, right. 9/11. But care. he was smart. He did not take the mound. He stood in front of it. He it's did. it's the ego. The first time I did it, I wanted to to get in against the rubber. I wanted to make a big show of it, yep. and I'm falling down the mound. I mean, people know <laughs> yeah. it's 18 inches. Yes. You're when you're extending and falling. I'm like, yeah, no, never again. <laughs> Taste of the NFL. Let's get into it. Uh, yep. Maureen Bausch is here with us. Andrew Zimmern as well. So. Talk about taste of the NFL. We're excited for Vegas next year, but what do you have going on here? What are the plans? Well, this is the 31st year. It's a fan favorite. It's one of two official uh, events, um, and it's the largest nonprofit events where the best chefs in the country come together with the greatest football players, all to raise money for hunger relief and particularly the End Student Hunger Fund. So we are coming to Las Vegas, and we usually come early. We come in September and we start raising money for your schools. And here, we just had a press conference this morning, and even before the event, we have distributed 550,000 in in, uh, Phoenix. So it's a very important issue. It's uh, one in eight children are in need of um, their food insecure, and the schools help them uh, with the nutritional needs. But it's a very fun event, and I'm really excited for Las Vegas. I mean, Arizona is a foodie market, and they pulled out the stops. I hope you're coming. First, first of all, it, Phoenix is not a foodie market. <laughs> it's not. He's <laughs> a Pizzeria Bianco? Yeah. Come on. You know, you go it's, it's eat, fun. Go yeah. eat a Pizzeria Bianco okay. and then have a chat with me. And, I, okay. I haven't gone yet because I heard about uh, the lines. I'm like, I don't know if I can deal with the lines. <laughs> but I think he's got like five of them now. Uh, he's got a couple in L.A. He's got he's got the, the two side by side ones here. Uh, I mean, we're talking. Tell him you're me. Pe- pe- that would be nice. <laughs> um, I mean, people reference the place as the best pizza in America. It's the best I, pizza I'm in a, America. I'm a Jersey wow. guy, and you know, New Yorkers and New yep. Jersey folks are all protective. And they're yep. like, what Phoenix? Like, but even those, you ask every great pizzaiola in all those great. I mean, he's an you idol. know, Dan Richard, er, everyone will tell you. It's it's Chris Bianco, you know, and the I mean, look, 
you guys get to live in a town that used to be known for hijacking celebrity chefs and having, you know, big buffets and a couple of good restaurants. And now that the city has grown over the last 12 years, I think Las Vegas has become a nationally important food town, mostly for the restaurants that are off the strip. The off the strip food in Las Vegas, I mean, I've shot 15 shows there. I mean, we've explored every nook and cranny. It's some of the best food in America. And, you know, one of the things that Maureen said, you know, she talked about the quality of the food at, at Taste the NFL. You get all the food, you get all the players, you get all the Hall of Famers, you get all the entertainers and other celebrities. Everyone is there to enjoy each other, have a good time. Everybody's happy to take pictures and sign autographs. Great food, great drink, but most importantly, contributing to end childhood hunger in America. And the changes that Gen Youth is making, Maureen referenced the number of meals already uh, here in the Valley, and we'll be doing the same thing in Las Vegas in the months leading up to the big game. But more important than that, Gen Youth creates substantive changes within those schools, retrofitting kitchens, putting in smoothie machines, uh, doing work with the student body on exercise, nutrition, and health. So it's not just handing someone a meal, you know, it's it's not giving a fish, it's teaching to fish as well. And I think that combo, it, it makes Gen Youth uh, uh, the leader in real change in trying to uh, eliminate uh, childhood hunger in the next decade, I'm hoping, praying. Taste of the NFL. It's on the ground here in Phoenix. So where's it going to be at? Chateau Lux. It's okay. a beautiful facility. I hope you guys will join us. We're actually both leaving town before, oh. but but, uh, but I already put in you know word with the uh, the PR person, uh, Maureen, uh, next year. No, we're, we're here. We're, we're not leaving. We're, we ain't leaving Vegas, so here, we'll be there. Here's, I would love the to deal. Come here's the deal. For the first time ever, because it always sells out, they have actually held bad tickets to go on sale each day online, so go to tastethenfl.com. If you're coming into town and you want to just come to the door, we're actually holding back tickets to sell at the door, so I think that's a real benefit to do it. And if you can't make it this year, but you want to do something to help childhood hunger uh, with an approved NFL charity and you want to work with us and the NFL on solving this horrific problem, I mean, it's a horrific, no, no child in America should go hungry. I mean, that's awful, right? So uh, go to tastethenfl.com or genyouth.org. If you can't donate a couple of dollars, cut and paste the URL into an email and spread the gospel and help people understand what a horrific problem childhood hunger is that we can eliminate it. We're all lucky. We know we're, we, we know where we're eating dinner tonight. The fact that there's children that don't know where they're eating dinner tonight in America, the greatest country in the history of the world, that that boggles my mind just to say those words. It's awful. We've got Maureen Bausch here from Taste of the NFL. Andrew Zimmern is part of it as well. Last couple of questions about your TV career. and You got me hooked on hitting Vegas local spots. Yep. So give me a couple that you really liked. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, put them uh, on the spot. See, well, no, but here's the offer. And, and uh, this is hard because you probably, you've hit... Thousands of restaurants. No, no, no. Sorry, here's here's the, the problem spot. because all all of my friends then are listening to this and, and say, you know, what about? <laughs> so here the here's a couple places that I don't go to Vegas without attending. One of them is Abaria Raku, right? It's the Raku that's off the strip, not the one that's on the strip. It's a chef's hangout. We all go there at one in the morning. I've put it in my show. Bourdain put it in his show. Um, it's an izakaya that focuses on seafood that's flown in from Skiji Market every day. It is it is epic. It is epic. That's um, a, a Spring Mountain I hap- location. I happen to be a that whole area is where I spend a lot of my time. So do I. <laughs> I happen to be I happen to be a big fan of chubby cattle. 
Uh, Chubby Cattle is a conveyor belt hot pot restaurant. I know that people hear the word conveyor belt and they think cheap food. They even have their own lamb farm in Colorado where they grow lamb just for their restaurant. It's a dorper breed. It's They take the whole loin, shave it paper thin, hundreds of different vegetables and and everything from fish balls to, you know, Chinese broccoli going by in the conveyor belt so you can augment your meat selections. Um, I'm absolutely obsessed with Chubby Cattle. I'm so glad you mentioned those two places and that you hang out in our Chinatown all the time. All the time. Because I think there's a fear of Asian food. You're familiar with it. You've traveled to Southeast Asia. There's some adventurous stuff. And I actually hear from Vegas locals who are like, I don't go down there. I'm, you know, I'm kind of afraid of it. Like, why? Uh, well, it, it, I mean, I'll just name it. It's culinary racism. Um, okay. I think it's a holdover from the days when MSG was in food and there was an MSG mm-hmm. scare. MSG is monosodium glutamate. Glutamates are present in, in mushrooms, in soy sauce, in beer, in wine. I mean, glutamates are, are, are they're in our bodies naturally. Uh, we shouldn't be afraid of glutamates. Um, and, the, and they don't cause headaches. They don't cause problems for people. That's, that's a myth. Um, and I think people are always afraid of things that they don't understand or know. And one of the things that's happened in the Asian community in Las Vegas is that the food, whether it's Korean, Thai, Japanese, Cambodian, uh, Lao, Chinese, has become so authentic that a lot of times people don't recognize it and they're like, well, where's the sweet and sour chicken? It's like, well, we don't serve that, yeah. but we serve X, Y, and Z. I, I, I've said this to people before, in, in America, the Chinatown in Las Vegas is as good in terms of Pan-Asian food as almost any in the country. Now, look, L.A. and New York are very, very special communities in terms of having such large numbers. uh, uh, You know, I mean, I'm not sure the San Gabriel Valley or the Borough of Queens can be competed against for that. But I have no problems finding new and great restaurants in Las Vegas. I'll leave you with one thought. Las Vegas Super Bowl is going to be completely over the top for a reason that I think most people don't think about. You're gonna I'm, I'm going to say this. You, you said this to us before, and I was excited to hear your answer because I've been saying as much. I'm obsessed with Vegas. I'm the, I'm the yep. ch- chamber of commerce for Vegas. Yep. But it's just every weekend is Super Bowl weekend there. Correct. But you guys, number one, can handle the crowds because you've done those sure. kind of events before. That's number one. Number two, you can walk everywhere. Yep. It may take you, you know, but you're my way. Uh, you know, I love New Orleans for a Super Bowl. I've been to mega events in Las Vegas and loved it because you can walk everywhere. You know, I don't want to have to get in a car and sit in traffic. If, if it's a half hour, 40 minute walk, I don't care. I can walk to the stadium if I want. I can take that sky, you know, that walkway <laughs> right over there. Anyway, it's going to be fantastic. But taste the NFL.com, Please donate, spread the message. Yeah. And your assignment, should you choose to accept it, is to get those two restaurants to come and showcase their food. And okay, taste I got to go hit them and make sure. the pitch. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can do that as an arm of the We're NFL in. after this. It sounds like they should be part of this event. Did I do okay? Generally, when I you know deal with some TV stars that I really like, like we had John Taffron, and I was just like an idiot. I was just probably like, remember the time? So I think we I think we did okay, right? We had it all right. That was a great spot. I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. 777 gets you two hot dogs, two bags of chips, and a 22-ounce Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra Draft on Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7's with Cofield and Company. Cofield. 
Field and Company is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas. Thank you. We're going to have Solomon Wilcox on here in just a second. Talk a little football. You know what? I'll correct myself. I have one mic. I apologize for that. Yeah, I only have one. Sorry. Don't you have this sorry, one? Sorry. What's this? Nope, nope. Live radio mistakes. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I apologize. We, oh. can, we can actually rotate you guys if you want. Okay. Um, come on, come on. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Solomon and then uh, okay. We'll bring on our, our come guest. on, Mike. We'll bring on our guest, Mike. As I'll well. give I'll give you this headset when. I apologize. Okay. What's going on? You got a lot going on here. I've seen you here for the last couple of days. Oh, yeah, look, everything's great. You know, I'm over doing here doing this morning show. My morning show. Then we come over here and work with Mike. He's my broadcast partner for the week. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, right out of the gates. Believe it or not, I, I forget to ask people about their pick in the Super Bowl because I get so involved in all the other cool topics. So what do you think? Look, hey, I, I can tell you right now, you can check a lot of boxes for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but when it gets to head coach and quarterback, I think you got to go with Andy Reid. you got to go with Patrick Mahomes. No slight against Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes is special, and I, I think it's enough to give this team the edge. I, I'm picking the Chiefs to win 30-27. to 27. All I've heard this week are Eagles picks and the trenches. That the Isn't Eagles that are just so know, good. Right? Everyone, and it's, we've talked to a lot of offensive yeah. players, let's be honest. Uh, so people have just gone crazy about it. How special are the Eagles in the trenches? Very special. Yeah. You have not seen defensively, let's say that, uh, when it comes to hit, hurrying, and harassing the quarterback, you've not seen this kind of production, okay, for uh, pass rush since the 85 Chicago Bears. That's saying a lot. That's impressive. You got four guys who have 10 or more sacks. You got a, a great player who I think is a Hall of Famer in Dominican Sue. He's a backup on this defense. So what does that tell you? It tells you how good they are. Offensively, um, I think Jason Kelsey is a future Hall of Famer. And, and those guys are road graders, you know, and they play together and they're healthy. Other than Lane Johnson with a little growing or whatever. But he's in the lineup. And he's playing. And the guy's already won a Super Bowl championship. Yeah. So, no, I, I think offensive defensive line, I, that's why I said I'm checking those boxes. But, you know, when it comes to a coach, comes to a quarterback combo, and we know that's important. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs in that category. How much stress do you think uh, these players are, are in coming into the game? Um, a lot of the Eagles haven't been here. The yeah. Chiefs obviously have been here. I know you guys are working with a, uh, a good product here mm -hmm. on stress and, and composure. So I guess you know, take, take my lead on the, uh, the stress of the game when you're, you haven't been here first, and then we're going to talk about composure. Yeah, no, I think, it, look, it's the stuff that keeps you up at night. And preparation um, really is the thing that allows you to feel confident going into a game. But what that means is you lay up at night and you're replaying moments in practice, situational things that you know you're going to encounter in the game. That's part of your preparation. So that means maybe you're not sleeping that, that night that well. It's okay. I've had, I've had good games where I didn't sleep at all, where I'm just really? sort of playing the game out in my mind and guess what? I've had so many reps by the time I get out there, dude, I'm ready to go. And I've had some bad games where I've slept like a baby. You know, but it really is about the preparation, the mental telepathy that we talk about to be able to play the situations out in your mind. Red zone plays, goal line plays, 
third down plays. And the more you can do that, the more comfortable you're going to be and the less anxiety you're going to have uh, being fearful that you're not going to make the play. So let's get Mike in here. Solomon Wilcox is with us, and we're talking about composure. And I like your, your whole point about prep, right? Because, frankly, radio shows, the shows I come into where I'm not prepped the way I need to be prepped, that stresses me out, right? Mike, I want you to talk about composure and just how big – stress has gotten worse on, on people because we're all working more. We're stretching. We're working different, you know, multiple jobs. I mean, this is a serious issue. Right. 100%. It's, it's one of the biggest issues facing our society today. Over the last couple of years, stress rates in the U.S. have never been higher. Been pretty well documented across uh, multiple associations in the healthcare industry. And at Medela Springs, uh, we're a health and wellness company. So we, we took it upon ourselves to put together a group of medical doctors, pharmacists, and PhDs with the goal of, of uh, designing a product that's drug free and non habit forming and, uh, and bring that to, to market. And um, the, the great work by that team. Um, is, is composure. And the unique part about composure, it's 14 different ingredients that work together to actually balance out the stress hormones in the body. When we get stressed, those hormones go on overdrive, and that's where we begin to see uh, you know, a decline in productivity, a decline in performance. It's not that we can't do the job, but we're allowing stress to take over our lives. And at that point in time, it becomes debilitating, and we, it's okay to look for something that can help us and, and get us through that situation. So I shouldn't just go to like big pharma and just pop pills, to, you know, down me. That's not. That's not. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, but right. that's what the nation has become. Like, hey, let me just drug it up and I'll be fine. That's not good. No, it's not good, and that's really the goal of our organization is to use some pharmaceutical principles, like everything that we manufacture and bring to market. First off, our, is manufactured here in the United States, which is really important to us. And number two, we put all of our products through clinical trials. They're not drugs. That's not a necessary step that we have to take. We choose to do that because we want to validate any claim that we're going to make around efficacy or tolerability or safety, and we want the consumer to feel safe about what they're putting in their body. Who's going to win the game, the Super Bowl? I'm, a, I'm in a different place than Solomon. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. I okay, think it's going to be a close game, uh, I, but a, a late drive by, uh, by Hertz and the Eagles to put them up 31-24. Mike, good pick. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I want to get Solomon to close out here. You can go to the web, and it is composure.com. It's C-A-L-M, composure.com. You can enter the uh, code STRESSFREE, and there, uh, there is an offer to uh, get some free stuff, which is very cool. Solomon Wilcox, again, is here with us. Do you use the product? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, you know, I found that I, my uh, trigger point in that situation of stress for me is when I'm on airplanes. Very really? claustrophobic. I start to feel that, you know, if I'm in tight spaces, start to sweat, temperature's getting getting high, and I'm, I'll need to get off. I've, I've had to get off planes oh, really? before. Yeah, and so... I, I wanted something that was more natural. I didn't want to have to um, use a phar pharmaceutical a drug or any kind of medications, and I'm not that way. I want something that's natural. And um, through Medela Springs Healthcare, we were able to find composure. And I even before I flew here, I took two just to make sure that I could be cool. <laughs> but I'm the kind of person to have to sit uh, to the forward part of the plane, oh, really? in an aisle seat. Do you stand so, up right away? Oh, and no doubt. Oh, I'm a stand. I don't know why pe <laughs> you know, people I'm hate that so much. I don't stand up, but I don't care that people stand up. Yeah, 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 man. I got to get – because I'm trying – I get claustrophobic. Yeah. And so I feel like the walls are closing in on me. But this this is a product that, look, it, it works for me. I hope it works for 
um, our listeners, I really want people to go to the website, composure.com. Just try it. Um, use the promo code STRESSFREE and get a free bottle. And then let us know. Go to the website and give us some feedback. Let us know how it impacts you. Um, I believe in it thoroughly. Yes. Solomon Wilcott, uh, NFL analyst, does his uh, morning show on Sirius XM, mm-hmm. of course, played in the league for the Bengals. Let's close on this one. I got to ask you about Vegas, right? Because we got a quarterback quandary here. That's right. Uh, let, let's let's just close out by talking about Derek Carr. So he's got a little window here. He's yeah. visiting with the Saints. Yeah. We keep saying on the air, like, is someone going to trade assets to get Derek Carr? He gets some guaranteed money kicked in. That's a lot. It's forty million dollars. Yeah. Or will they just wait? Like, is there another, are six teams looking at Derek Carr who might jump the line like the Saints? Or do you, do you just wait for him to get cut? No, I think the money is is a high value. And believe it or not, people want it. They'll pay the money. They just don't want to give up the picks and pay the money. Right. Particularly when they know the Raiders have to cut them. See, the Raiders put themselves in this situation. Yep. Like, if they were poker players, man, they'd be really bad at it, right? Like they, and by the way, six days. Yeah, that's six, right. Three that's days the, after they the know the dates. They know the triggers. And they know they've already – the Raiders have showed their hand. Yeah. Well, showed your hand. For Raiders fans, I mean, I think they'd love to see, you know, third-round pick, conditional two. Forget about it. Oh, man. Uh, comp- Solomon's crushing you guys it's out called, there. It's called compensatory. <laughs> That's about all you're getting out of that one. Compensatory. Composure.com. Stress-free is the code to get a free bottle of Composure. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you it. for having us. We appreciate uh, of course, it. Of course. Uh, up next, crazy NBA trade deadline day. We're going to check in with our buddy in Chicago, Xavier Pope. Cofield and Company is live on Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Spearmint Rhino. Lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor Xavier Pope is live on Cofield and Company. Subaru of Las Vegas and Spearmint Rhino. Bring Cofield and Company live from Phoenix, Radio Row. Big trade deadline day in the NBA. We'll get into that. Uh, sentencing of uh, another one of these jabronis who invaded the Capitol. Hit that as well. And the uh, video of the week. Small guy versus big guy. If you're the small guy, watch what, Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Jerk off. Seriously. Xavier Pope is up. What's up, buddy? Hey, happy Super Bowl, media roll, all that good stuff. Yes. It's, uh, it's crazy down here. This is one of our favorite weeks. And we love the Final Four, too, but uh, Super Bowl week is really cool because we get to speak to a lot of people in football but also around football. So there's yeah. been a well, – here's, here's one of the big things that Adam and I have, uh, have seen that I'm really impressed by. When we were here 25 years ago, you talked to former players who were just out of the game, and the conversation was football and mostly football and only football. Um, we have sat down – we have sat down, Xavier, with multiple former NFL players – or guys right at the end of their career, mostly African-American, and they've got books, they've got initiatives, they've got charities, they've got projects. Like, players now, more of them, are thinking about post-career more than ever. Yeah, I mean, what we, what we see now is sports is not a thing that once you retire, you know, you're done, you kind of fade from the spotlight, you open up a car dealership, and you just move on with the rest of your life. Uh, sports is now people now people who are retired have platforms, podcasts. They have a charity, the initiative. They're actually impacting, getting into politics, impacting change, and so and they become entertainers themselves. And so you see some of the biggest names in sports. 
that were once athletes, even smaller name in sports, they still have a second life, uh, continue to be in and around sports, in and around helping, or in and around us uh, doing pretty cool stuff. I think kind of what you're saying there is like the barriers to entry in a lot of ways are are diminished in a lot of ways, and I think that goes for for people too, right? There's more ways for people to have a platform, have their voice, and and we are making some progress in that regard, which is you know opening up to people of color and and people with without much means to also you know do their own thing, even if they're not an athlete. Yeah, well, the barrier entry is now is if you have an audience. Yeah. You can keep that audience. Um, before, your audiences really had limited ability to be able to, to connect to you. You could connect to them, and then you can make them loyal customers of your product, of your brand. Um, we don't live in a world like that anymore. It's a completely different world, um, and uh, athletes are taking advantage of it. It's, it's making the, the, the sports experience, particularly these large events like the Super Bowl, much more robust and makes it to make, make for way more entertaining things happening in and around the Super Bowl. Well, one of the things we forget to ask everyone that's down here, but I'll, I'll jump to you, who's yeah. going to win the game? <laughs> I mean, Andy, Andy Reid's going to win. Okay. <laughs> he's wow. going to win no matter what. I mean, he's going to win because he's, he's been able to, to, to make the Chiefs get to where they are, uh, even after being fired. This, this game is all about him. The Eagles win. Um. They, they look great. He, he was once a great coach. They're going to still celebrate him even after he's gone. So, Andy Reid is the winner of the Super Bowl no matter what. In terms of the game is concerned, um, I have absolutely no, no idea. They have two <laughs> incredible quarterbacks making history. I don't know. That's why the line has flipped a couple. You know, initially, then it flipped another way. Well, yeah. No one knows who's going to win this game. Xavier Pope is with us, host of Suit Up News. Also a cultural contributor to Cofield and Company every Thursday. NBA trade deadline day. What do you think about what the uh, Nets did? It was one thing to trade Kyrie Irving, but they basically pulled the plug on the whole thing, and KD is off to the Suns. Uh, I mean, less than 20 games, Harden, KD, Kyrie play together. I mean, one of the biggest disasters in terms of free, free agent history. Um, talk about fumbling the bag. Um, the, the Nets they should leave Brooklyn and go back to New Jersey. Um, because if this is the Knicks, the team would not would boo this team for the rest of the year for basically getting rid of base three Hall of Fame players and not knowing how to handle them. And then on top of that, trading, getting Ben Simmons, a broken player, who's not seeming to really get that much better. Um, it's organizational malpractice. Uh, they need to remove their charter tomorrow. Um, I, Kyrie is someone else's headache. Kevin Durant, uh, championship. Chase, he, he, did, he came out there a winner, getting over to the Suns and being able to potentially get another championship. Props to Katie getting the heck out of Brooklyn. Isn't CP3 potentially winning a title now the best story the rest of the way? Uh, Uh-oh. Are you not a CP3 back. guy? What's up? I'm not, I said, I'm, 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 def- I'm definitely I'm a CP3 guy, but I didn't okay. really think that that kind of changed the narrative in so much as uh, I don't think that Phoenix is is the head of, like heads above favorite to win the championship. They still got rid of a couple of pieces to get Kevin Durant. He still got to be incorporated into that team, and you still have some pretty uh, great teams in the East, like the Bucks and the Celtics, that have a lot to say about that. 
Xavier Pope is up with Cofield and company. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of barriers in the way uh, in both the East and the West. And it's actually, I, I think, what makes the NBA fascinating down the stretch. Although I, I've, I have heard people complain that uh, it's not about the teams, it's about the individuals. But I, I also think that people are looking at what's happened lately, right, with these trades and with LeBron breaking the scoring record. They're getting a little caught in, you know, what have you done for me lately? And overreacting to, you know, individual focus. Uh, I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's the nature of sports talk. I mean, uh, I think this, this, this was an exciting day. I, I, I fully enjoyed my head was spinning around in a circle. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, we, I, someone, I forgot who tweeted this, um, who, who basically said, oh, I forgot it was Super Bowl week. The NBA has been totally crushing this week this week, which is something you pretty much never see. Um, anyone dominating the National Football League at any time of the year. I also think it was important this week for uh, Kareem to hand off the baton to LeBron and do it, you know, in his normal kind of muted, classy fashion, because that doesn't always happen, um, which I think in, in a lot of ways with, the you know, how much African-Americans have to overcome or in, uh, overcome in sports, uh, it's nice to see, you know, the old guard be nice to the new guard. Well, you have to also consider the first four scoring career scoring leaders were, were white. And the last three have been African-American. That goes to show what the change has been in basketball in and of itself. So recognizing the change in the sport, the different type of athletes that you know, then it went to a, a couple of a centers, and then it's uh, that, this dynamic player like LeBron James. So, and also Kareem making sure to tell LeBron James that he's, his, his impact has been even more important off the field and the voice of sports, not just in the in basketball. Being an ambassador across sports, across uh, barriers, across cultural spaces, being a great global citizen, it was great for Kareem to recognize him in that manner as well. Xavier Pope, Cofield and Company here on a Thursday. We're down on Radio Row. Xavier, nice enough to join us from Chicago. Let's close strong on a couple of stories. Uh, we see another one of the uh, jabronis who invaded the capital, Kevin Seafried of Delaware, get 36 months in prison, but the uh, the penalty was also heavy because the judge had something to say about the weapon that this guy used. Yeah, it was the Confederate flag, and he used to attack a black officer. And to me, that's a hate crime. And I feel like the amount of time that he got wasn't enough um, for his disgust. And essentially what the, the, the insurrection was about was about black votes. And, and basically using racism to attack democracy and um that's a terrorist uh, that's a treasonous person and um that's um, someone who deserved more punishment than he did it was a disgusting act uh and hope he rocks there on a lighter note someone else who also deserved more punishment but he got some pretty good punishment on video you tweeted out a hockey video of some gargantuan dude like uh, adam hill size and some little uh jackass with a mullet and I guess the uh, jackass said the magic words, again, offensive, and then just got annihilated. Yeah, I was at a Stars game, uh, and uh, hockey fights are, are common on the ice. Clearly, uh, it's happening off the ice as well. A guy who had a bowl cut and a mullet, which was uh, pretty <laughs> impressive to have, like, basically <laughs> with both. Skinny uh, <laughs> kid gets creamed. By yep. his bigger guy, by after calling him the N word, uh, and he kept talking even after being restrained by this guy. The guy could have done much more damage. Uh, he did not move, and then finally slugged him.
Xavier, I hope you're going to a party with a lot of vegan food. Uh, yeah, I, I, either either I will be or I'll be I'll, I'll be doing one on my own. You know what I'm saying? I haven't cemented my plans. They're, they're going to be cemented in the next 24 hours. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you. Love you guys. Enjoy the game.